Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. This is St. Louis on the Air from St. Louis Public Radio. I'm Elaine Cha. In November, journalist Mike Fitzgerald published a COVID-19 relief fund story about Missouri landlords who got up to six and seven figures in federal emergency relief funding. That funding was meant to help struggling renters stay stably, safely housed. His reporting found that instead of using state assistance for housing relief money for basic maintenance at the apartment complexes they own, many of those landlords failed to provide upkeep at their properties, and some went so far as to evict swaths of tenants they were given funding to assist. Fitzgerald's latest coverage provides an update about where Missouri's top state assistance for housing relief program recipients are located and almost are, all of them are, in the St. Louis area. He joins us now to talk about his recent findings. Mike, welcome back to the show. Thanks for asking me back. So for those hearing about this for the first time, Mike, what was safer um, Mm -hmm. and how did that program work or rather how was it supposed to work? Well, SAFER is a uh, Missouri version of the Emergency Rental Assistance Fund that Congress passed in December of 2020. It was a $46.5 billion program to provide emergency emergency housing during the COVID pandemic. Uh, Missouri received $600 million of that. In some respects, it was highly successful. It kept at least 86,000 Missourians from being evicted. Unfortunately, there were no strings attached. So it was basically throwing money at landlords all across the state. There was no accounting for the conditions of some of these apartment houses or how uh, landlords would use this money. There were very few safeguards. And I think most disturbingly, there is no look back at Mm -hmm. how this money was spent, how effective this program has been, and whether we can fix it in in light of probably uh, future needs. Yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. you did some investigation into this. Obviously, you were able to uncover the top recipients of right. this safer funding via sunshine request to the state of Missouri. And Correct. you found that the top recipients were almost all in the St. Louis area. What did you find and, and did any of it surprise you? Some of it did surprise me. Uh, one of the problems with this program was there was no uniform control over it. In other words, the Missouri Housing Development Commission, which doled out these funds, didn't try to determine whether these funds were being uh, dispersed equally or fairly across the state. So what happened was places like St. Louis and Kansas City got the lion's share of this money because, number one, to apply for this program, you as the tenant would have to have an Internet connection. And unfortunately, much of rural Missouri has poor Internet access. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lawmaker from the Springfield area explained that to me. He was trying to get aid for uh, one of his tenants. He's a landlord. And it was very, very difficult because they just didn't have internet access. Mm-hmm. So that's something that should have been pretty obvious from the get-go, but it wasn't. And it's something they should be addressing right now because chances are we're going to need emergency housing aid in the future at some yeah. point. Now, St. Louis is a major metropolitan area, obviously, here in St. Louis, uh, in Missouri, that is. 
But why is Kansas City not represented in the top 10 insofar as where all those money is That's going? a very good question. Of the top 10, only one was from the Kansas City area. That's the uh, utility Evergy for uh, assistance, utility assistance. Uh, no one seems to have an answer for that. I mean, certainly uh, St. Louis area is the largest uh, part, uh, most populous part of Missouri. So St. Louis County is nearly a million people. City of St. Louis is 300,000. So it makes sense that we would probably get, you know, a high concentration of these safer awards. But no one at Missouri Housing Development Commission uh, was willing to try to answer that question. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they know the answer or they even care to know the answer, yeah. which is to me very disturbing. Right. Now, the, the fifth top recipient of safer funding statewide is an apartment complex in this area. It is actually where Michael Brown Jr. was shot in August 2014, and it's now called Pleasant View Gardens. Correct. Now, despite receiving more than $1 million in federal funding, the complex of 414 mm -hmm. units is in terrible condition. And, and you spoke with um, one uh, a couple that lives there, uh, Pleasant View Gardens tenants, Larisha Henderson and Gary Jones, as well as Angeline Morgan. What was it, Mike, that they told you about their experience, both with the SAFER program and then the conditions in their uh, apartment complex? Sure. Uh, so like a lot of apartment complexes in St. Louis, uh, Pleasant View Gardens is owned by out-of-state investors. Now, for two years between April of 2021 and August of 2023, it was owned by a company called Aria Legacy Group. And they have a very checkered history of how they uh, treat their tenants and how they maintain their properties. It, Based on interviews with uh, tenants who've been there a long time, it's pretty clear they put very little money into that mm -hmm. property. Uh, one reason they sold, apparently, is they got over-leveraged on some loans and had to pay them off. The new owners uh, have promised to upgrade this. And I think they are making some real progress in the upgrades, but there's still a lot of uh, ways to go, a long uphill road to go because the, these apartments were left in such shoddy condition. Mm -hmm. uh, people, there's just this anger, you know, and, it, and this goes to just the fact of being a tenant in, in, in St. Louis, a low income tenant, you have very few protections, you have no one looking out after you, unless you have a lawyer to represent you, you're pretty much defenseless. Yeah. And that kind of anger and frustration becomes very clear when you talk to any of the tenants at Pleasant View Gardens. Mm -hmm. And Larisha Henderson is one of those people who was approved for safer funds to Correct. subsidize her monthly rent, which was $640. Right. She was on this program until it ran out uh, last January, January, and she told you she was confused by the program, and she believes she was forced to overpay in her rent. Now, to the note about evictions, in September of 2023, Pleasant View filed an eviction notice against Henderson, and they were seeking 1700 in unpaid rent and other fees. Mm -hmm. now, the, the case was dismissed uh, two years, two months, that is, later, um, and this is what St. Louis County court records show. But what happened with Larisha? Is she still living there today? She's still living there. She worked out a repayment plan. Hopefully she'll be able to make it. But she also was saddled with hundreds of dollars in attorney fees and late fees. Right. And that's also pretty par for the course, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, you miss here in Missouri, 
Tenant protections are extremely weak. This is one reason why so many out-of-state investors want to come here and buy up our property. Mm -hmm. They know they can evict tenants without any kind of resistance. And so, you know, there was a story on Channel 4 last week about apartment complex where a tenant missed one payment and he got saddled with thousands of dollars of late fees and attorney fees. And it's, uh, it's just unconscionable. And have these tenants had any kind of recourse at all? Unfortunately, no. And practical effect, I mean, you really don't. Unless you have an attorney going to bat for you in court, you have no respect from the landlord. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have no one to advocate for you. You have no one to explain to you what the law allows and doesn't allow. And these, most landlords, I believe, are very honorable people trying to conduct business fairly. But there are some rotten apples out there who Mm -hmm. take advantage any way they can. And it's and since they're absentee landlords and out-of-state landlords, some of their practices are just egregious yeah. and, and downright criminal. Now, Mike, in your view, I mean, what broader issues does this story bring to light beyond how Safer was run? Um, I mean, was it particularly worse in Missouri than in other states? It's hard to say, evaluating state by state, how it worked. But the bigger issue, Elaine, is the shortage the extreme shortage of affordable housing. My colleague Ryan Kroll was on here not long ago to Mm -hmm. talk about the uh, scandal involving the uh, illegal rooming houses. And again, that that, uh, also taps into that major issue. That speaks to the issue that we just don't have enough affordable housing for people who can't get housing otherwise. And by that, I mean people who might have a criminal conviction, people who might have spent time in a mental health uh, hospital or living on the streets. And we need to address that as a community. And unfortunately, we're just not. For whatever the reason is, we just don't have the political will to deal with this at this point. Mm -hmm. Based on your investigation into SAFER and the takeaways that people in power have about how the program was run, do you believe that lessons, you know, that they've been learned? I mean, will... (laughs) Will the state be more prepared to implement such yeah. a program the next time yeah. need arises? Yeah, I think I've already answered that question. No, no. They're, they're they're not looking the rearview mirror at all. Mm-hmm. You know, they've they're pretending like, and it's only human nature. But they're pretending like what happened before won't ever ever happen again. And so, from what I can determine, there is no look back. There is no sense that hey, maybe we this didn't go as well as it should have, but we, maybe we learned some good lessons. Mm-hmm. No, nothing like that. And that's a, that's a shame. It's a really missed opportunity mm-hmm. to uh, address the housing needs of the state, which are critical, but also get ready for the next pandemic or whatever the emergency is that requires uh, housing under these conditions. The last question here. Mm-hmm. Will you be following this story? And is there something in particular that you'll be looking for? Absolutely. I'll be following this story. This is a city that is on the brink. I mean, think about it, all the housing crises. Like right now, I've been following the situation with Heritage House, where Pipes froze and burst mysteriously. 120, nearly 200 people were suddenly had to be evacuated and find housing. Uh, we still don't know where they're going to live long term. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of heritage houses out there in yeah. this city because we have landlords who just refuse to put in the proper maintenance and repair. So we're going to see more crises like these, crises that are completely avoidable. So, yes, I will stay on top of it. I can assure you of that. Well, we probably will be Uh talking again. I hope there will be better news next time. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Mike Fitzgerald is a writer and contributor to the Riverfront Times and the River City Journalism Fund. He reported on the story via the River City Journalism Fund. You can find his article on our website. 
The title of that piece is Misery Landlords Who Received Big COVID Relief Funds Left Tenants High and Dry. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been great. Thank you. This episode was produced by Emily Woodbury. Audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. St. Louis on the Air proudly supports local artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.